This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show designed to inspire and empower women in trucking in the trades and really everywhere with informative guests, experts, celebrities, and people who are champions for women. I'm Shelley and I'm Kathy. Every topic could be discussed on our rig. We talk about most everything that can help women. We want women to be the best they can be, and we like to interview guests who offer guidance to women, and that includes their health. Urinary tract infections are not a subject everyone wants to talk about, but it's an issue that impacts women everywhere. When women are drivers, they're even more prone to them. Many women get them over and over, and they become serious chronic conditions. These unresolved infections from hell are maddening for patients, who often go to multiple doctors who prescribe antibiotics that don't do anything. With us today to talk about all of this is Rick Martin, the former head of Pfizer Pharmaceutical Anti-Infective Division in Turkey and head of international sales for Pfizer in Europe, Canada, Africa, and the Middle East. Rick now serves as CEO of Microgen DX, a diagnostic lab that offers unique testing for things like UTIs with special testing that's a breakthrough for chronic UTIs. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Well, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I was wondering if you wanted to kind of educate our listeners and tell us more about urinary tract infections. What actually causes them? Well, actually, we used to think that urine was sterile, that um, the, the tool we were using to me- measure whether there were microbes, bacteria, or fungus in our urine was a traditional culture where you have to, where you have to grow the, the bacteria. And a lot of these bacteria simply would not grow. So the assumption made was that urine was sterile. Well, we now know, thanks to the technologies like ours and molecular technology, where you're not trying to grow bacteria, but you're identifying them by their DNA. If you find their DNA, you know that they're there. And so we now have learned is that our urinary tract is a, has a microbiome, which essentially means there's a community of microbes that are living in your urinary tract. And most people don't know or realize that your body is actually made up of more bacteria than host cells. The bacteria in our bodies outnumber our host cells 10 to one. We need those microbes to survive. So when we have a community of microbes in our urinary tract and all of a sudden, you know, the host is living happily with those microbes in your urinary tract. And then all of a sudden another microbe comes in. And when that other microbe comes in, it creates a response. Um, it could be one or two other microbes, but essentially the community is changing, or we call it dysbiosis, where you know somebody moved into the community and the, the host doesn't like that very much. So it goes into what we call an inflammatory mode of trying to eliminate those bacteria that have joined the community that have not are not normally there. And that's when you get the, the inflammation, the pain, the discomfort. It's your body's way of fighting the, the, these invaders. And so a lot of them come from, um, you know, if, you know, we teach with young girls that, you know, in terms of how you wipe, uh, mm-hmm. because if we know that our gut is full of microbes and we need them and our colon is full of microbes. So if those microbes find their way from your colon into the vaginal tract and then up into your urinary tract, 
then they're going to join the, the other microbes up there and, and the other microbes are not going to like it. <laughs> so there's going to be right. a, a response. It could be also from your partner. Um, we've had some really interesting studies where we tested both couples and we basically found that the partner was reinfecting the other one every time they would have intercourse. Mm-hmm. So um, there could be a number of ways that microbes are going to find their way into the urinary tract and cause this dysbiosis or this disruption of the community. And that's essentially what a urinary tract it, it is. And obviously it's, it can be extremely painful. Um, you could have blood in your urine. Um, and so when you want to treat that, you really need to know what, which bacteria or fungus have joined or in there. And so um, that's where our technology comes into play because we can accurately determine which species of bacteria or fungus are in the urinary tract. So now with that information, we can make an informed decision on which antibiotic, because a lot of people think, well, if I have an infection, I just take an antibiotic and that all antibiotics work against all bacteria. Well, it's, that's not the case. Um, the, we, the pharmaceutical companies who design the antibiotics are designing them to kill certain types of bacteria. So it could, they could design for what we call a gram-negative like E. coli, or it could be some gram-positives or what we call anaerobes. So there's different types of bacteria and different mechanisms for how they are killed. And so that's what, where the antibiotics are different. And, and if you don't know the right um, drug, we won't get the right drug if you don't have the right bug, basically. Oh, sure. So, um, if you're de- relying on a technology that doesn't identify them, then your physician is treating what we call empirically, which means basically they say, well, I've treated UTIs without culture results, without direction, but I always use Bactrim or Macrobid. And it works maybe 80% of the time. And so they, they kind of approach each, each new patient's infection with, well, I'm going to go with the antibiotic that seems to always, most of the time will work. Well, it's the poor 10 or 20% of the time where it doesn't work for those patients where uh, the, the whole idea of guessing or treating empirically fails and then the patient's still suffering. Then the doctor has to say, well, let's try a different antibiotic versus really having a really good diagnostic test to say, I need to know exactly what I'm treating. So let's find out what we're treating and put you on the right antibiotic and not go through these multiple rounds of antibiotics. That makes total sense. Are women more prone to UTIs uh, than men? Oh, definitely. Men, when men get a urinary tract infection, we have what's called a lower UTI or an upper UTI. Men normally get upper UTIs, upper urinary tract infections, which is essentially involvement of your kidneys. And and when men get them, it's it's usually they're going into the hospital. Um, Women, it's usually a lower urinary tract infection. Um, it's the urethra is much shorter in women. So it's easier for those microbes to find their way up into your, into your bladder, into your urinary tract, um, versus men. So women, most women will have, uh, you know, 50% of women will have a urinary tract once in their lifetime. So it's, it's very high with women. It's the most common infection of all infections. It just occurred to me, uh, obviously women use tampons and that sort of thing. Can they create a problem? Yes. As well? Any, okay. Anything that is going to change the community or the microbiome in the vaginal tract, 
um, is could potentially that those microbes will find their way up into the urinary tract. They'll move in with the other microbes. And again, if they are not normally there, then your, your body is going to react to them and have a response or an inflammatory response where they're going to try to eliminate them. Sure. Uh, UTIs can be pretty serious. Kathy, didn't you say that the, there was a woman on your crew who ended up with dialysis or something? Yeah, no, where I work up in Northern, in an open pit mine, bathrooms are few and far between. We operate really big equipment. So we got to pull, I mean, we're, we're, it's, it's production, right? We're our hauling ore and oil and stuff. So we got to, for us to pull over, it, it takes time to get, you know, stop the truck, get off the truck, do all our safety gears, go to the bathroom, come back, do our walk around. You know, it's very time consuming <laughs> just to go to the bathroom and bathrooms aren't always, there's not like, our mind is very big and there's very limited to bathrooms. So the women, I mean, men could just pull over for a quick, you know, whip, just uh, go off the side of the truck. No problem. Right. Women, it, it's more of a procedure. right? So the women, especially the new ones coming on site, they don't want to, um, I guess, rock the boat by taking time, by pulling the truck over and going to the bathroom. So they're limiting their water intake um, and, or they, they don't want to, be be spoken to by because you're taking too many bathroom breaks if you take five or six during during a 13 hour period so the women tend to hold their pee until they actually get a lunch break well a lot of the times and this happens i i mean i've had it over i've been there for nine years and at least once a year i I get one and one lady was so um adamant about not taking bathroom breaks and and whatever she she got a really bad urinary tract infection and delayed getting the help that she needed for the antibiotics at all it'll pass whatever she ended up having to get dialysis at the end and um actually they had to take her off the truck she had to find a different job in the company to go work where there was a bathroom more available for her so um, and a few of the women actually have had, like you were saying, blood in their urine and had to be taken off the, off the truck for a while until they healed properly. Um, one lady kept passing out like it was just and, and it's crazy. And I tell these ladies, if you got to go, just go. <laughs> right. Don't hold it. Go. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're not going to fire you because you're going to the bathroom. Right. So, Rick, um, just holding urine, can that create a problem because it increases the microbiome and um, some of the predatorial bacteria? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've heard this many times before, and I'm sure there's probably uh, papers published on this. But, yes, it's definitely a, f- a factor that if they hold it for extended periods of time, that, and then when you, she talked about the patient woman that had dialysis, well, that's really where it's moved from a lower urinary tract infection up to the upper urinary tract in the kidneys. And mm-hmm. then you, and then just like when men get them and they're, and they're usually upper urinary tract, that's serious. And that's usually hospitalization or eventually, you know, the kidneys basically uh, are infected and shut down. And that's when you have to go to di- dialysis. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, there's m- many case reports of where women have just, you know, um, delay and delayed mm-hmm. as you said, don't take drink enough liquids. All those are contributing factors to potentially changing that microbiome in your urinary tract to cause a, a you know, a, a, an infection. Can this also cause a urine backup into the kidneys if you retain urine too long in your bladder? 
Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's what uh, usually causes the upper urinary tract infections okay. where, uh, or if it, if it remains untreated. So if you have a lower urinary tract infection and, it, it, and you don't get the right antibiotic on board, then it eventually it will move up into the kidneys and the upper urinary tract. I was going to say, I have a history of uh, getting ETIs like since I, I was in my teens. And I remember, just like you said earlier, I'd gone to the doctor, uh, I think when I was in my early 20s, and because I was sick of getting these UTIs, and he told me that I was wiping wrong. And when I went to the bathroom, I'm like, what are you, jo- you're joking. How, number one, how the heck do you know how I wipe? He says, well, if you obviously have a, a history of this, chances are you're not wiping properly. <laughs> you're supposed right. to wipe from front to back, not back to front. <laughs> because like you said, you're bringing bacteria from the colon all the way to the to to the front. And it didn't make sense when he said it, but the more I was thinking about it, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And it sounds kind of funny saying that, but women who are, are experiencing frequent UTIs, maybe really check on, on your bathroom habits, right? That would make sense. And, and your partner. I mean, so if you're, if your partner is obviously when they, when you have intercourse, uh, then there's, there's, there's um, microbes being brought in mm-hmm. from your partner. And so women will get treated, they'll respond. And then next time they have sex again, all of a sudden, you know, the UTI is back. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they start looking at the partners like, yeah, I think you need to be tested and treated. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. Yeah. So these microbes can actually live uh, on your on your partner um, if, if they aren't treated. It's not something like a simple shower would take care of them. It can, but um, you know, again, if 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 the if the male has again a microbiome within their urinary tract, within their 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 seminal vesicles, okay. and even even the transfer of we call excreted prostate secretions or semen, um, they all bring microbes into the into the the community, and so all of those can be contributing factors. So yes, even if they uh, we actually had um, a series of case studies where. Um, and it was a, a male truck driver who constantly had a fungal infections in his groin area. And when his spouse was getting UTIs, they, the, the urologist treated, did a, a sample from him and found that the source of it was basically his, uh, his dermatitis or his, his uh, groin infection. Interesting. Hmm. Now, I'm seeing here that traditional culture tests for UTIs have a 50% chance of showing nothing useful. But you have a technology that's a whole lot more accurate. I I find this very uh, inspirational. There are going to be a lot of women that are saying, yes, it's about time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, the urine, uh, uh, the standard or gold standard right now for UTIs is a urine culture. The word culture means to grow. So essentially... Mm It's been around since 1870, and I jokingly tell physicians, you know, how many other Civil War medical technologies are you still using? And there's not many. <laughs> but, um, it's, and it's amazing how medicine has progressed in diagnostics, I mean, from x-rays to MRIs. Um, but the tool that physicians and medicine use to de- identify what microbacteria or fungus is causing your infection is still the 1870s concept of trying to grow them in petri dishes wow and so you know there's the perception out there that um 
uh, this was is, is the only thing available. And in our technology, where it's, it's not growing the microbes, all microbes have their own unique DNA, just like we each all each is, is individuals have our own unique DNA. Um, every microbe has its own unique DNA. And I like to use the analogy of, you know, crime scene investigations with DNA where, you know, they can collect DNA from victims, from weapons, from doorknobs, uh, and they can take that DNA and go back to the lab and then they can extract it from the samples they collected. And then they can match it to a known library of, of individual DNA, which in the criminal system, it's, you know, the FBI holds that national database, which individual county and uh, police departments have access to. So if they find your DNA on the, at the crime scene and they match it, to, if you're in their library or their database and there's a match, then it's very, it's obviously very precise evidence to say that you were there um, because we found your DNA at the scene. Well, with infections caused by bacteria and fungus, we now can do the same thing. We can take a sample from different parts of the body, whether it be urine or whether it be tissue or fluid, and we can extract all of the bacteria or fungal DNA from the sample and then match it to a library of known, we call sequence codes for each individual bacteria or fungus. And so with DNA precision, we can tell exactly what bacteria is there. And with the culture tool, 50% of the time, the urine cultures don't even grow anything. Um, so they come back with nothing or they come back with what's quote mixed flora, which is not helpful to the physician. He's, he's trying to make a decision, he or she is trying to make a decision on what antibiotic to write and the culture result comes back with negatives. That just forces them to guess. And they really don't need to guess. They can use a technology like ours and the barrier, people ask me, well, why wasn't your technology readily used? Well, it's like everything in technology. When it first came out, you know, almost 20 years ago, it was, it took over a month to sequence a sample. Well, that's not very helpful in medicine. If you have to wait a month to get a result back to say, which bacteria is there? Um, and now we have it down to three and a half days. So like everything at, over time, you get faster and better. And it was very cost prohibitive. It would take, it would cost thousands of dollars to sequence a sample to identify bacteria or fungus in the sample. Um, and now we can do it for a couple hundred dollars. And so actually Medicare, hmm. Medicare reimburses us $350 for our test. So we've gotten to, we've, we've removed the barriers to this technology by making it more faster to get the results back to the provider um, and less expensive. So it's, it's, it's actually less expensive than your traditional cultures because when we do a traditional culture, we have to grow different types of bacteria. So we do what's called an aerobic culture. That's $70. We'd have to do anaerobes for the bacteria that live without oxygen. That's right. another $60. Oh, and then we want, we look, look for fungus and that's another $500. So Ooh, you know, yeah. with Ooh. one test, we don't need to do different plates and trying different growth, growing things. We can all just use all the DNA from and identify it in one sample. Um, so it's, it's much more accurate. Um, and now it's just getting the world educated that it's available and that to physicians to show them that it's available. But physicians are very difficult to change. They want a lot of good scientific evidence to prove this technology is superior. And so we've been doing that for the last 10 years and published more than 70 clinical trials and everything from urinary tract infections to orthopedic infections, wound infections, 
Um, Because we know that if we want to get these skeptical physicians to stop using the 1870s uh, tool, that, you know, we have to have science. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. I'm looking here at your press release and the number of species identified in urine, almost 6,000. I mean, it, I can yeah. see where things could be seriously missed with, with oh, the yeah. uh, um, 1800s technologies. And if you ask physicians, which I travel around the country doing talks to the uh, different urology groups and physicians, and I always ask the audience of, of, of physicians, I said, you know, how many of you think E. coli is the cause of, of, of you know, urinary tract infections? What percentage of the time do you think E. coli causes urinary tract infections? And they'll almost always say 80 to 90% of the time, because when they send it off for a urine culture, it almost always comes back with E. coli. It's a bias because E. coli is relatively easy to grow in the Petri dishes. So that's what grows. That's what they think is causing it. But when we use DNA evidence, this look at almost 100,000 urine samples, we only find the DNA of E. coli in about 28%. It is still number one of all the bacteria but it's not 80%, it's 28%. There's a lot of other bacteria that are causing these infections. So women are wiping correctly then. <laughs> I, I think, I, as I said, I think it could be, it's, it's the partners, it's a lot of reasons why sure. Sure. Um, that you're, 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 there's this, this biosis occurring or this community is changing. Sure. I, I want to say something you don't, which you, you'll probably laugh at me, but um, this is something that actually works for me anyway, because I mean, everybody's different, but I remember uh, my mom is uh, big into, um, uh, I guess, organic treatments and doesn't like too many antibiotics and stuff like that. And so growing up, like when I started, when I was young, like in my teens and I was early twenties, getting all these UTIs all the time. Um, she said, Kathy, if you start now taking all these, these antibiotics, you're going to get to a point where it's overloading your body. And she said, I want you to try, uh, garlic, raw garlic, because it's supposed to be the best natural antibiotic in the world. Well, I started doing it. And the minute I have, I can feel that twinge and I got to go to the bathroom too often and nothing's coming out. You know, the, the early symptoms, uh, I go and I'll have, I'll cut up two or three large chunks of raw garlic and i'll go get that uh, na- um the pure cranberry juice not the, the one that's not the one with sugar yep um yep. and i'll drink a whole bottle of that and i'll have consistent garlic intake for one day and i kid you not by the next day it's gone wow oh. it, it it for me it just works it just that that initial I know it's there and I am going to the bathroom five, six times and nothing's coming out. Well, the minute after a day, it's completely gone. 
So, well, you know, the reason why those things work is because remember there's, again, there's the bacteria in your body outnumber your host cells 10 to one. Yeah. So everything you, you consume is impacting the microbiome in your gut. And then mm-hmm. obviously you're digesting. And so those microbes are finding their way and they're impacting th- throughout the communities within your body. So that's why those types of uh, approaches sometimes will work for people where it's essentially uh, changing the microbiome um, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's in, a, in a positive way. Uh, what, do you think like uh, I, uh, I was an LPN for 13 years and I worked uh, for six months on the kidney unit and uh, on the dialysis and stuff. And the fir- very first day that uh, before we even went on the unit, we had to take a, a course with the nurse practitioner and she we're sitting there with a book like an inch thick just on the kidney. And she tells us, she asks us, OK, what is the number one cause of kidney failure? So people are given, you know, random answers and we were all wrong. She said, nope. She said the number one cause of kidney failure is ibuprofen. And everyone was stunned, right? And the way she explained it, and it made a lot of sense. I mean, people are taking, you know, they they take extra strength ibuprofen and then they end up, you know, it's not working. So they'll take more and more and they, they pop them like candy. And all depending on your body size, shape, and, you know, your, your, your internal, uh, I guess, not your chemistry, but the, the way you process things, everybody's different. Yeah. I don't take any pills ever since, you know, my, my nursing days, I take the little of anything. Right? And most, I, I usually try and go the natural way. And I'm kind of wondering if that doesn't have something to play with it, play in, in factor with it as well, is the fact that people, um, they're so, their bodies are so overwhelmed with different toxins and poisons that it, it becomes too much for the kidneys to, to filter through. But I mean, because I don't, I mean, I don't take it barely anything so that when I ha- I do get an infection, when I do try something more on the natural side, it works quicker for me than it would somebody else who's already bodies filled with toxins. That's just my idea, but could be. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of natural things have antimicrobial properties. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at yeah. uh, penicillin um, in, in the, you know, the first antibiotics were, you know, came from soil uh, yep. and mold. mold. Uh, so um, yeah. So it's, it's, and I'm sure if you look back before antibiotics and, and whether it's in uh, native Americans or mm-hmm. using things that had, uh, you know, antimicrobial properties that were natural and mm-hmm. were taken and they figured out over many, many years that, which ones would were, were effective? Pharmaceutical companies, you know, spend a lot of time going into even the Amazon jungle looking for, you know, basic uh, natural products and looking at their antimicrobial properties. So mm-hmm. um, it's 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 not surprising um, that you know some mm-hmm. of these these, these and it, obviously with, with cranberry juice, although there has been research done looking at su- large studies com- seeing the efficacy of cranberry juice. And again, when you look at large numbers, it's, it's found that it, it didn't have the, the impact, but everybody's different. There's going to be a subset yeah. of people that yeah. are going to be, that it, it is going to work. But if you start averaging out larger numbers, you're going to find that it, it doesn't work as well. So. Does cranberry juice work because it's more acidic? Yes, I think it's the pH that's impacting the environment. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yep. you know, I think your test is is a really a breakthrough because antibiotics, if they're used incorrectly, yeah, there's antibiotic resistance. And I would think that this would dial things in, so we still have antibiotics out there to fight bad mm-hmm. infections. 
And that's exactly what we see from, if you look at, uh, we have on our, on our website, there's a, a video of, of actual women that testimonials that have gone for years of suffering from these reoccurring and chronic UTIs. And I look at our reports on a daily basis. And when I'm doing talks, I, I'll present cases of women that had just were, you know, terrible reoccurring UTIs. And, and you'll see in, in their samples, because we look for what's called the resistant genes. So we know if Bactrim is resistant because the, the bacteria will acquire a gene that essentially makes it so the antibiotic doesn't work. And so we can identify those genes and we'll see women with resistant genes in five or six classes of antibiotics. And the reason that's happening is because they're treating their, their providers are treating them blindly. They're just throwing one antibiotic mm -hmm. after another. Yeah. And if it's the wrong antibiotic for the mm -hmm. wrong drug, the bacteria get smart and they learn from it. And so then they acquire the resistance. So um, it's those classes of antibiotics are not going to work. And that's, really bad medicine, what we call poor antibiotic stewardship, because we're trying to protect the antibiotics to make them right. more effective versus just using them without understanding what we're treating and therefore giving the, the bacteria a chance to learn and acquire resistance. Then you so, have doctors that are afraid to prescribe any antibiotics and they wait until the infection's gotten so bad that it's harder to treat. <laughs> well, the sad part of the UTIs is that, you know, if their urine culture is negative, they think, okay, well, you're not infected because we didn't grow anything in your, in your culture. Yeah. We have countless women that have, you know, that where that's been the issue. And we've done a study where we showed where we took a urine sample and we basically split it and sent it half to a culture lab in a hospital and half to us. And 40% of the time, the urine culture came back negative. But when they looked at the urine sample that was sent to us, we found multiple species. So these poor women are being told by their doctors, you don't have an infection and you because we didn't grow anything. Right. And the, a lot of these women are responding and say, well, I don't care what you're saying. I'm on the toilet every 15 minutes. And I'm not, I'm not that's not in my head because, you know, women tell us stories how the physicians will say, you're not infected. This is in your head. You know, you need to go see a psychiatrist. And that just oh, obviously infuriates them. Yeah. Um, it's because the diagnostic tool they're using is just a, a, a poor tool to identify the cause of these infections. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. 
She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So can patients ask their doctors about next-generation sequencing to test for a UTI? That's the name of your test, correct? Yeah, we, well, Available. it's called next-generation sequencing or NGS, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, we offer uh, by microgen diagnostics or microgen DX. We have uh, started to, because some doctors will ask us, well, how do I order this, Rick? Mm-hmm. And so um, we call it, um, depending on the sample, like uh, Eurokey. Um, so urine and key mean we're the key to finding the, the problem of, of which bacteria or fungus is causing the problem. But um, yeah, they can, they can order it as a, as a microgen DX test uh, or a, there's not, we don't have, a, there's not a lot of physicians or patients think that this is readily available in all labs mm-hmm. and it's simply not. It's you right. know, mm-hmm. big, big labs, LabCorp and Quest do not have this as part of their service. So sometimes patients will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll send a sample in and they'll get our, our, an EOB saying their insurance cover didn't cover it because, they wanted their insurance carrier, maybe it was Cigna United, and they have a contract with LabCorp. And so they want all your samples sent to LabCorp. And so oh. LabCorp, LabCorp doesn't offer this technology. So when all of a sudden they, you know, the doctor used an out of network lab. And so now we yeah. don't get paid by the insurance. So we send the patient an invoice for $199. So I always tell our doctors to please tell your patients that we don't know whether your insurance will cover this or not. If it right. does, great. But if it doesn't, you know, we're going to have to invoice you $199. Are you okay with that? And a lot of women who've suffered said, you know what, if I could pay, you know, $199 and solve this problem, I'm up, I'm, sign me up. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it makes it difficult with HMOs, in-network, out-of-network. It's so darn yep. confusing. Um, is it, would you say it's a good idea if, if a patient's been dealing with these chronic conditions to go to the doctor and say, look, I've heard of this test by Microgen DX, uh, next generation sequencing, and have the doctor look into it? Uh, and can, hopefully the doctor can, listens. Yeah, they can do one better. They can go on our website and order a kit and bring it to them with them. Oh, really? Had that happened many times. I okay. actually had a, a, a primary care doctor call me one time and say to me, I just had a patient walk into my office with one of your kits. Why do I not know about this? This is really fascinating. And my response was, well, you know how difficult it is to get in front of you guys? You're pretty busy. And, you know, mm-hmm. and if we have to buy an expensive lunch to get in front of you to educate you, to tell you about the, you know, or maybe you don't even see salespeople at all. So it makes it really hard to educate you and let you know that this is this is available. So how your patients that- can order it. How how would that work if a patient ordered it online and brought it into the doctor's office? Is it sent out then to your lab or? Yeah, they basically um, just if we we also drop sample kits off at the physician's offices. They don't mm-hmm. pay for the kits. We we're just like LabCorp and Quest provide the sample collection material. Mm-hmm. Um, once they collect this urine sample, they they basically goes with a lab rec and with their insurance information. And then it goes into a box that's FedExed overnight to our lab in Lubbock, Texas, where okay. we process the sample. We send the page, the physician back 
the report of which bacteria or fungus we identified, and we give them recommendations as to what antibiotics they can, they can consider using to cover those species. Because sometimes the doctors will see bacteria, uh, going back to the E. coli thing, and I tell them we've you know, identified thousands of species and all of a sudden they'll get our report and say, I've never heard of this bacteria. <laughs> it's because it wouldn't grow. And so it's there, we have its DNA and it's also, it's a gram negative. So you can use this antibiotic. So we give them some direction as to which antibiotics will cover these right. um, bacteria or fungus. Go ahead, Kathy, were you going to say I was, Well, I was just going to say too bad because I work in Canada and obviously when I go to the doctor, I go to the doctor in Canada and uh, it'd be pretty much mission impossible to get a kit from you from there because then they would the testing would have to go across border. That wouldn't work at all. That's too bad. No, no. Actually, we have more international samples. Women go to blogs when they get frustrated with their doctor. And so they'll go on the web, they'll search, they'll find these communities of women that are that are talking about us mm-hmm. and they'll order it. We get orders from New Zealand, Australia, Germany, UK. A lot of Can- Canadians order our kits. And so they basically know the Canadian health and system is not going to pay for it. And they just say, you know what, I'll, I'll pay the $200 and I'll pay for the, you know, to have it shipped back to your lab so you can, you know, I can get your report and show it to my doctor. So how fast would that be? Because I mean, uh, when you get a UTI, I mean, you want it over as fast as possible because you're always on the toilet, right? So if I get the kit, I I go to the doctor to, and I say, Hey, here's my kit. Can you send it? Like whatever. Then how long would it take for that, for my doctor to get the results? So if, if, if it's, if you, if you go in there on Tuesday and you basically uh, get the urine sample, they send it out Tuesday evening via FedEx It'll land in Lubbock Wednesday morning, um, and we do we do two levels of reporting. We do an initial fast report, which just looks for common bacteria. Uh, there's about 21 that we have in our we call a PCR panel. Everybody knows what PCR is now, thanks to COVID. Yeah. PCR, <laughs> yeah. PCR is a very limited. You, it just the machine only looks for the bacteria that you tell it to look for. With COVID, we have you know we look for specific genes that are related to the COVID uh, virus. Um, so, and, and we do the PCR initially and that result comes back, you know, by the end of the day on Tuesday, if this, if, or if the sample is taken yeah. on Tuesday, it lands Wednesday morning by Wednesday evening, the first preliminary report PCR report is done and emailed or faxed. And then two days later. So by Friday, you will have the full NGS or next gen sequencing where we look for more than 50,000 bacteria and fungus. Wow. So it's, so it takes right now 3.5 days on average. Now the case that you talked about with your, obviously if you're symptomatic and you're in a lot of pain, a lot of times the doctor is going to put you on their go-to, you know, macrobid or Bactrim and, and cross your fingers. It, it works, but if it doesn't work, at least if our report comes back three, Four days later, and the doctor looks at it and says, oh, now I see what's causing this. It's not going to be covered by the bacterium I put you on. I'm going to need to switch you to this antibiotic. So at least it gives them the direction. Okay, gotcha. So at least they can get you started on something. And, and then when the real results come in, then, okay, I get you. Another Excellent. question I have is a lot of women, a lot of people, um, when they're taking antibiotics, the minute they start feeling better, they quit taking them. Do you think that also has an effect on the recurring UTIs because it'll take a prescription all the way to the end like they're supposed to? Yep. That's how bacteria gets smart and learn. It's called (laughs) subtherapeutic dosing. Um, It's basically 
they are not killed quite. <laughs> so you, 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 take, you kill, take out a number of them, but enough of them survive. And initially, they, you might feel, feel good because if there was a community of, say, 100, and you took out 75% of them, and so the 25% that are remaining, you know, they're kind of not doing anything. The host, your body's saying, oh, we're, we can live with these guys. They're okay. Well, over time, they're going to start populating again and getting mm-hmm. more and more. And eventually, they're going to get to the point where your body's going to say, oh, you're still there. Well, here come the white blood cells. Here comes our inflammatory response. Here comes the fever. Um, and that's, you know, that's why we get fevers is because it's our body's way of trying to cook these bacteria and, and kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the symptoms that make us feel crappy are cause our, our body's way of trying to, you know, defeat these invaders. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, if you don't take the antibiotic long enough, they're not all going to get killed. And the ones that are surviving are eventually going to come back and cause havoc. Now, if, if someone is dealing with a doctor that doesn't listen to them, because that happens, Yep. Is there information that a patient can get off your website that really details this test? Because when you have a chronic condition and you don't have a doctor listening and they can't seem to help you, you really get desperate. Would it be helpful maybe to bring in some pamphlets or some information that, that's printed off the web and show the doctor about your test? Yeah, we have we have those in, information brochures that they can print off our website. They can also uh, on the website we have physicians that are you know real users that are, have been using our technology for years and talk about their experience. And the third thing we can do is we can set up a a consult with a, another physician who's already been using us. Sometimes the doctors want to talk to and their colleagues. So if they're a urologist, they want to talk to another urologist. So we have, we have a panel of urologists that have been using us, love our technology. We have one who's talked about how it's revolutionized his practice. And he, you know, he was highly skeptical in the beginning, like all physicians are, and they should be, Um, they shouldn't accept anything coming in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he went from skepticism and doing what we call parallel samples. He would send a sample to us, sample to culture. He would get the results back. He would compare them. And then he would start, eventually he started treating, the culture wasn't showing him anything. So he just started treating based on our tests. And then eventually he just said, you know what? I'm not even going to do cultures. It's useless. I'm just going to use the microgen. Wow. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. TNCRadio.live is proud to carry the Steve Summers Overnight Drive Show. TNCRadio.live is dedicated to commercial drivers. We offer the news, traffic, and weather you need, and the entertainment, sports, talk, music, and celebrity interviews you want to hear 24-7. We have original shows and trucker podcasts that feature some of your favorites, like Ice Road Alex Demogorski and America's Truckin' Sweetheart Marcia Campbell. TNCRadio.live is convenient and designed for professional drivers. The best part is we're free, and you can listen anywhere you are on the road. With just one tap, you can tune into Steve Summers and us right on your phone. Simply download our app by going to app.tncradio.live. That's app.tncradio.live. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. I think your technology is just phenomenal. Yeah. 
you diagnose your diagnostic testing tests for more than UTIs too. Am I correct? Oh, we've saved lives. I mean, it's the most gratifying part of my job is the success stories and the impact we have on people's lives. I mean, I, we had one gentleman who suffered for years with a chronic prostate infection. So when men get prostate infections, you, you know, talking about if you're a trucker and having to sit, that sitting is painful. Their quality of life is terrible. Mm-hmm. And this poor gentleman was, you know, this typical approach is, you know, again, if they try to send samples from, um, uh, they do a, what's called a prostate massage to get some fluid out of the prostate and they send it to cultures, it almost always comes back negative. So they put them on a, a, an antibiotic called Cipro for six weeks. And if it works, great. But if it doesn't work, they have to go on to something else. And so this poor gentleman was treated for years on different antibiotics and nothing was working. And he was in such pain when he, he called us and said, you know, I just want to thank you for saving my life because I suffered for years with this infection. I went to a urologist that finally used your technology, got me on the right antibiotic. And he said, now I am symptom free. And he said, frankly, I was ready to end it all. I was going to commit suicide because I didn't want to live any my life like this anymore. So wow. he just called us to thank us. Wow. We, we had a woman that was a, a, tran- a kidney transplant patient and um, down in Houston. And um, she had her kidney transplant fail because of an infection. And uh, she ended up developing a wound on her leg that was being treated by a doctor who used our technology. She sent a sample off to us from her leg and found we identified a rare mold. And when people go for transplants, they're put on what we call immunosuppressive drugs so that it's not rejected and those you know suppress our our natural immune system and then make you susceptible to different fungal infections and she acquired a fungus that was missed by cultures and it was a very very high mortality type of fungus we found it and the doctor called the transplant surgeon said i found the problem why she failed lost her kidney and when they saw the species of fungus that we found they called her into the hospital immediately they said if they hadn't found it she would have died wow wow that's amazing gosh so i'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going to want to learn more about your testing uh, because this this could be life-saving a major breakthrough for so Mm -hmm. many women uh, who've been dealing with chronic conditions that are frankly just darn painful inconvenient and i would imagine um serious utis they can be life-threatening yes so where can people find information on this uh, to educate themselves and maybe educate their doctors? Yeah, the best place, obviously, we, we, we redesigned our website and people sometimes say, oh, my God, there's so much information on there. Well, we had to do that because there's phys- medicine is so skeptical that we wanted to have a place where we could have all of our published studies and the physicians could easily find all the information to answer all their questions. But we even have a, a, a tab for the patient. So if you, if you go to microgendx.com and you say, I'm a patient, it'll take you to a, a, a section that'll explain what we do, how we do it, and, 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 and download information you can bring to your doctor. Or if you even want to order a kit, as I said, many patients will just simply order a kit and they'll bring it to their doctor and say, you know what? We've tried cultures too many times. You've tried too many rounds of antibiotics. We're doing this. <laughs> and they just make the physician do it. Hmm. Well, this is terrific. It uh, is fabulous. Kathy, it sounds like something that uh, you might be able to benefit from too. 
Absolutely. And I'm going to tell all the ladies, I'm going to give this uh, to all the ladies at work, because honestly, it really is a problem for us women truckers. It it just it's it's a common thing. And even though I try and, you know, tell ladies to go to the bathroom, don't worry about, you know, getting fired or you got to go, you got to go. But it's hard to impress on, especially on the younger ones who are very intimidated or, you know, easily intimidated. But um, this is absolutely Phenomenal. I'm so glad you came on as a guest. My God. Yes, absolutely, Rick. This this is, um, I was not aware of this technology, and I'd say it's about time. Good grief. I didn't realize that the testing <laughs> it dates back to the 1800s. Good grief. Yeah, yeah. cultures have been around since 1870, and it's and this this technology is just making a huge difference. Uh, I mean, I had a I had a physician whose mom was in an ICU in a New York hospital, and she understood. She came from a lab background in molecular, and she understood what we did. And, and she said to me, she called me. She said, I cannot believe these these doctors are the way they're treating my mom. They don't know what your your technology is and to use it. And she was frustrated. But I always tell people, when it's your loved one, then you're mm-hmm. going to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> so I want this. Absolutely. Exactly. What is your website again, in case uh, anybody missed it? It's microgen, M-I-C-R-O-G-E-N-D, as in Delta, X as in X-ray, dot com. Perfect. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Rick. You've been super informative. I've learned more than I ever <laughs> thought I'd learn about UTIs and everything else. Fabulous. This is well, terrific. Thank you for helping me spread the, the message, and we hopefully can help more patients. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. And all the lady truckers across the U.S. that are listening to the show is, is, will definitely benefit from this. Yep. Yes, they are. And that's what we're here to do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for inviting yeah. me. I appreciate it. Thank, hey, thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.